discover Star Trek Discovery with us as we recap and critique the episodes with a little sass and humor. Okay, maybe a lot of sass and laughter. Ready to laugh with us? Hello and welcome to Trek and Beyond, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Monika. And I'm Andrea. And welcome to episode 10 of season three. This episode is all about Giorgio finishing her walkabout, and the Discovery crew is still trying to understand the message from the Kelpian ship that's lost or stuck or whatever in the nebula, in that little hidden nebula. So let's go ahead and discuss this episode. Initial reactions, what did you think? I really like this episode. I know it has issues, but I think that I have now more closure than I had before. And I understand why Terry and Giorgio knew right off the bat that Prime Michael was not her Michael because Terry and Michael is a hot mess. It's foil brat all the way. <laughs> what did you think? So I apologize, dear listeners. I apologize. I feel like I'm just on a hating spree because I did not enjoy this episode. I just did not like it. Um, I feel like, honestly, all of Giorgio's whole condition could have been, or that whole, her whole walkabout should have just been one episode. I feel like it was drawn out. Um, and then they didn't give the Discovery crew, which who the show is supposed to be about. They gave them like a sparing five minutes. And then even then sort of made that about an outsider so it just it just I did not like this episode I when it was over it was more of a thank god versus is that it so I yeah did not like this episode (laughs) we're on completely opposite ends yeah I I wasn't completely fully in love with it but I think we're on I was also wondering what Terry and Michael was like. I remember mentioning that from season one because we didn't have a chance to, to meet with her. And I, at first I was thinking she was like the red angel. But uh, <laughs> so now I've met her, I'm like, I'm glad. Well, I don't want to meet her ever again. <laughs> and it looks like we won't. <laughs> this, okay, so the whole, this 90% of this episode is still about Giorgio's walkabout in this dreamscape that she's in. And we learn in this episode that this is literally just a dream. None of this actually happening. It's not, she's not in a separate world. Um, and it, it's basically, she's being tested to figure out if she's changed or not. Now we all know, like everyone who's watching the show, we know she's changed. Um, there are subtle small ways that we've seen her start to care about the crew and view people differently and have respect. So to see it, to see her act so not like herself in the Terran universe, quote unquote, um, to try and change things while people are all sent, like, I don't know. I feel like they were just sort of setting her up for failure because she knows she's changed. We know she's changed. And she's telling the Terran people that she hasn't changed, but she has, but she's doing everything completely different than how she did, how she used to do it. Literally, it wasn't even like she tried to gauge them into it. They had her do a 180 and then still trying to defend. 
I don't know. They just set it up to where there was no other outcome besides her having to kill Michael. Like they, it, it felt like it was just a setup of we're going to put someone who we know have, we, we, we're going to put you in a no-win situation to see how you um, act. And that's how I felt like it was. It was a no-win situation for her. I felt like it was one of those, if you could go back in time and change something, how would you change it? And she tried, but Michael is still being Michael. And so Michael's not just one, but two attempts at making a coup did not work. We're not successful. So still Giorgio outbeat her, outboxed her. Yeah. So like, she just, I think in the end knows that like, she tried her best with Michael. She raised her the best she could. And- But did she? Did she? Because like the version we know that, the version we know now is not the version that Michael was raised with. Like the version we have is a lot more tamed than the version that Michael grew up with. So her best could have been our nightmares. Like things our nightmares are made of, you know? (laughs) Right, right. It was her best for what she knew at that time, but based on Tara and Giorgio, uh, I guess if they would have went back, I guess even further 20 years previous, there would be like Michael would grow up differently. But then we also, we're kind of, I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but we found out that there was like a sad moment. There's something about a person by the name of Stan that mm-hmm. she said that she wished she would have shared. So I don't know, there could be more story. Like there's more out there about this character than we know, but there was some sorrow race of helping someone that, and that, that was not successful for her. And I think she then guarded herself. Which is, which is very possible, very possible. Um, I definitely thought like, if he really wanted to test her to take her back, I would have taken her back further, like before she allowed her reach to become what it was and to see if she would change from the beginning and not even set into motion what made the Terran empire, the Terran empire. Cause like I said earlier, it just felt like he put her in a no-win situation because you have someone who's done a 180 go into a world where everyone's expecting her to be her old self immediately and then trying to enact change when anything that's considered weakness is met by death so it's like instead of getting them to that point and having her not be able to do it like make any change because we see at the end of this episode that she dies quote unquote in the dreamscape so it's I don't know. I, I felt like I, I made me, for me, for me personally, I felt like it would have made more sense to send her back further to where she could have stopped the Terran empire from becoming what it was. And then seeing a possible world that she can have versus putting her through another traumatic, uh, another traumatic sense. And I get why they, I get what they were trying to teach her. It just didn't work for me. Like I just didn't enjoy anything that they put on the screen this time. Right. And now that she's passed this test, if I understand this correctly, and there's, there's a, they kind of glossed over this, so I'm not exactly sure that I, I did understand, I, I comprehended this right. But Carl sent her back to a time in which the Mira and the Prime are aligned? A little bit more aligned than what they are, what they were when Giorgio and, that, and our Prime Michael met. Right. So maybe she has, 
I, and I guess this sending her back as Giorgio, not, I, I guess. <laughs> and it's not really, it's not even truly explained. Because the thing is, if he's sending her back in time, is she, is she inhabiting her old body? because you can't have two of the same because the way they always said it is if a Terran came to the if a Terran came to the um to the prime universe the prime person was in Terran universe like they can't exist in the same time um that because like it was said that art like prime Lorca went to the mirror and mirror came to prime that's how those Lorcas got switched because he admitted that that Lorca was killed in the Terran universe in an explosion that killed everyone on the ship but remember the two pauls met each other but they met each other in a dream they didn't actually meet each other they didn't no. they didn't they didn't meet face to face but you're right they were they did exist in terra universe at the same time but they never met face to face like in person it was through the mycelial network oh, right. so yeah they never spoke but actually that is true they were they both did exist in the mirror universe at the same time yes but we never met but they were on different ships connecting through the mycelial network yeah Ooh. because everyone else in the discovery no because saru there was two sarus there so i guess it only happens on certain ones because we didn't get to see the real captain killy we saw our tilly dressed up as killy so i guess it depends then but the way Lorca described it was his R Lorca, Prime Lorca got sent to Taryn and Taryn got sent. So rules are being broken that they even set up. Because I'm confused again now. So okay. <laughs> right, <there's... laughs> uh, All I'm trying to say is that I think she's going back in time even further. And maybe, maybe there, maybe the Taryn, maybe she'll make better decisions. I don't know. Only if she can go back into her old body because she can't. They can't that's be too I don't know that part though. <laughs> and that's I know, and that's the thing. That's the thing that we should know. We should know because otherwise it just leaves up to okay, are you wiping your old your old person from existence? Because you have to be born in that universe, or are you going like it just a right. lot of questions. Yeah. For a scientific I, show to leave things so vague, it's killing yeah. me. I wish they would at least showed a 30-second clip of her in the arriving yeah right right and then i would have a better understanding of when and who <laughs> um and can we also talk about taryn michael can just it's on site honey it's on site not because you think you're right and not because you think you're wrong but just because you're a brat you're a spoiled little brat who is who literally like at least Taryn Giorgio had like a class about her she had this air of of uh confidence or she like not sorry not air of confidence she had a what is a likability about her charisma that's what it is she had a charisma that was like yeah i just slaughtered your whole family but i looked good doing it type thing and it was like you can't like you hate her but like you're like i want to be like her but michael is just a bitch and there's like literally no redeeming qualities about her she's just a spoiled brat who wants to take her mother down for the guy that she loves it's not even her own idea she's being manipulated by another man 
to come in and take over for her, like kill her mother for Lorca. And there must have been some redeeming qualities because other people fell in line with her. Because otherwise, it, it, then if you're, if that's the case, I don't think so many people would have switched leadership and undermined. Germany. But did they do that for her or did they do that for Lorca? Because I know Dittmer, the, uh, Taryn Dittmer was supposed to be close to her, but you saw how quickly they all folded, right. quote unquote, when Michael was in the agonizer and everything. Like it wasn't, they have a save myself mentality. And if I see the ships going down, I'm going to jump ship versus having a, how Lorca was, like how people who were, who were, um, loyal to Lorca back in season one we saw how they acted when he came back like they had like they they were willing to go to the agonizers for him and everything and Dimmer was like give up so it's like is it it's not the same like they I've like they don't allow either Michael to have a charisma that any of the other captains have that draw people to her um because they believe in her like it's for for this michael she's always have to prove herself to people and they like her because of her results but they're also quick to turn on her if she makes her decision that's like not um that's not falling within the line like we see how she interacts with vance how she interacted with saru when um right after season one um she doesn't have a natural charisma she has a natural standoffness and if prime michael it's like standoffish and, and, and isolated. Taryn Michael is like, look here, girl, why are you still breathing? <laughs> like that Michael doesn't have, like if Giorgio explained the, her cutting off the artist's hands and cut and blinding them so the artwork could become more valuable, she would say it in such an eloquent manner that you're just like, oh crap, wait, you did what? But oh, it sounded so nice. I didn't catch it at first that you did, you said a, atrocious thing but this michael was bragging about it and it's like no i'm not gonna like what you just said no because you there was no elegance behind you have no charisma why I, I don't believe in you i believe in what you're trying to do but anyone could be the figurehead versus like i don't want to be under Giorgio anymore so i'm going to support you right now because we have the same goals but it's not really you it's the goal i'm supporting when it comes to Michael, but for like Lorca, it's like they believed in Lorca, but for Michael, it's like we believe in the same goal, right? And she could have offered them wealth and riches uh, yeah. because she mentioned that there's like uh, I don't know a lot of a lot of money when there's peace. She mentioned there was a line about that. I'm not getting that correct, but uh, basically in peacetime, you, you you can't ravage from other people and and gain more wealth. And so maybe she offered them something because uh, the second time around, they also stood beside her to um, uh, to trap Giorgio for that second coup. So um, I was just just a little surprised at that, but I was also very pleased in Saru. I, I thought Saru. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, so you, before we before we started recording, I told you I hated this episode, and Monica said you keep saying that, but you always find something nice to talk about. I cannot believe that I am saying this, but Terrence Saru has my respect. There's my positive aspect. I'll let you continue talking about how awesome he is. <laughs> so. 
first of all, Giorgio, that we met in the first season of Discovery, basically just wanted to like eat. It was like, was, was um, I don't know, just completely devalued all Kelpian life. And uh, they were the scum of the earth and like, and, and was trading them as slaves. And so now this is a completely different Saru and Giorgio relationship in which she's, she told him that she wanted him to be her eyes and they were bouncing ideas off of each other. She was confiding in him, he was confiding in her. And I think soothing each other's woes about <laughs> their, <laughs> their life. And I, and I just thought that was very sweet. I'm not, <laughs> and um, in the end, she, he came in and helped save the day, was firing off shots and helped like, um, and was comforting her after she like was stabbed. I thought, I, I just liked it. It is a huge 180. It is a very huge 180. Um, so, okay, that is a positive. I have to say yes, but that's like probably the only one positive because I didn't like that. <laughs> I'll take the one. <laughs> um, so don't go anywhere, any guys. We are going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to discuss um, the ending and then what Discovery was about this episode because they were relegated to like five minutes of, a, of this hour long episode. So We'll talk about it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> and welcome back to Trek and Beyond. We are on the second half of episode 10 of season three. So we talked about a lot and also not a lot in the first half because that's just what this episode was for me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Monica. I know. One day my, my cold dead heart will beat again. Um, so we see that after Giorgio goes through her walkabout and she comes out she's awakens in the arms of prime michael and she's visibly like disturbed and here's like one of the faults that they always have with michael they never let her believe something first like they never allow her to believe and it's like always a catch-22 because when she tries to tell people something like like to believe her she always has to repeat herself and I feel like for other people it's not like that they will say it and people take it at the at their words but with Michael she's a skeptic and people are always a skeptic with her and I just don't get it so like because Georgia tried to explain that she was away for three months and Michael's like no you weren't and I just wanted to yell yes you yes she was she went through a magic door that appeared out of nowhere with a guy who appeared out of nowhere. Did you not think that maybe it was possible that she could deal with time separate differently by walking through the doorway? And it just, I hate that they make her a skeptic and make people a skeptic with her than just taking, allowing her to believe because if they want her to have so much faith in this show, why do they make her such a skeptic when it comes to other people giving her information? You're right. I don't understand. Uh, and I'm seeing it time and time again. I was, I guess I reached my bottom with that, with, with Spock. She didn't believe her own brother when she was in her brother's head. Yeah. So, <laughs> we see it every few episodes. I don't understand the writing for that. And they all, yeah, they just have, they keep having her contradict herself. And it's so 
it's so annoying that they keep having her contradict herself and i just re really wish that they would stop doing that um but we learned that carl is the guardian of forever um and he can open up a, a time portal basically anywhere and he's in hiding because of the time wars people would like to get to him to kill him or use him so weird but cool fine explanation for him to still be there um and he basically tells Giorgio, i can get, give you a new life a new world and i think you said this in the first half that would be great if we could see 30 seconds of it right um to see where she was ending up because it would answer some questions did you put her in her old body did you wipe out that Giorgio and put this new one in there but now she's a, she's much older than what people would remember um, cause she needs to have the memories of what she has now. Otherwise the history is going to repeat itself. So it's like, how did you fix it? Um, and so like her and Michael have a tearful, tearful goodbye. And we see Michael losing yet another again, parental figure in her life, a mentor figure in her life, which in my opinion, this Giorgio never needed to be that figure for her because this was not her Giorgio. She just wore the same face. It's like, I was like, Treat them like twins. They may wear the same face, but they're not the same person at all. And just because you have a good connection with one doesn't mean you should trust the other. Um, and Michael basically goes back to Discovery by herself. And Booker is there and giving her a hug because apparently Booker hasn't left the ship yet. <laughs> He's been reading the manuals. <laughs> And I don't know if it's because he wants to join Starkly or if he just wants to keep banging Michael and try, is trying to stay useful. I mean, because he could literally just follow them. Like, or does the, like, he where were- He continue through his mission of helping endangered species. Yeah. With his dilithium. Because <laughs> like, I have to wonder, this is not Starfleet regulation to have some random person aboard their ship for no other reason than he's banging a member of the ship. I yeah. hate to be so crass about it, but like that's literally, it's not like he doesn't, he's like stranded. He has a ship that can get him to where he needs to go. He just does not leave. Right, right. And I think Vance Ansaru was hinting around to him like he's got to find his niche and uh, find his keep because this is not a typical federation, although a lot of things that's going on right now is not typical. I think Book, though, made a strong case for himself by using his knowledge of the Emerald Chain to help solve one of the problems that they have now. And I have been thinking for a while that they need some sort of um, connection to the current timeline aboard the ship. I was thinking it was going to be someone from the Federation. To it's, the from Earth. it's the person from Earth. I can't, I can't, I cannot think of the pronouns would be that correct. So I'm just going to say. Indira? Yeah, but I did, I called her, I called yeah, them, I called they, them, the female pronoun, and that's not correct but I, I guess it'd be person from earth, right? Right. Okay, yes. Yeah, but I feel as though Indira is young and may not be as, doesn't have as much knowledge of the what's going on in the galaxy and in the universe, right? she does now. though. 
you're right because she has like a lot of historical knowledge because yeah she's like a perfect bridge she's yeah that's a really good point but she's also not a key decision maker she's not um but but she does have seven generations of knowledge of firsthand knowledge in her head not what was recorded in a um not what was recorded in a history book or in a log but like firsthand knowledge of seven generations that's a great connection because she they can tell history from their point of view versus well it was sad that this happened no I was there that didn't it didn't happen that way (laughs) right right we also know though that gray is back because gray appeared at the memorial service so I'm glad to see that Indira and Gray are back on speaking terms because I don't know if I'm happy about that. I don't know. I don't know what that means. In my mind, I'm seeing what happened to Tilly all over again. Well, I'm. I think that if there's some other person that's part of you, I think you should embrace that and work it out. <laughs> Otherwise, I think you can develop schizophrenia. <laughs> I think that you have to talk to your other, <laughs> your other state. But like, they're not supposed to be. That's the thing. Like, they're only supposed to have their memories. They're not supposed to be able to talk to their past lives. So that's what I'm saying. Like, the fact that he's back gives me pause because when she when they were talking to Paul about it Paul was like well I thought you weren't supposed to be talking to them anyway so like you weren't supposed to be so I wonder what's I don't know but Indira was sad when she when Grin Gray shut them out so I think it's as long as they are happy like that just want to make sure <laughs> that Indira is in a good frame of mind <laughs> and no distractions because this can also be you know teenage years and in love and all these things and can easily distract you and, and cause you to slow down when Paul's throwing out orders and asking you to create an algorithm <laughs> you have to focus on that because it's mission critical she has the heart. Remember, people, she has the heart. I'm dead inside. So we also see that Jet is back Yay. with no explanation of where she has been. Or did I miss the explanation? I don't think there was an explanation. No, she's just as uh, frank and sassy as before and eating a lot of snacks like before. Uh, that's interesting. No, no, maybe we'll see more, more of her going forward hopefully I think so (laughs) I hope so (laughs) and then next we have the memorial for Giorgio and they're all saying their versions of kind words about her but I like how they're sort of telling the truth because Jet uh, was like she was the most blunt person ever and I like that. Um, I like that they weren't sugarcoating it because I hate, I, I've always hated sugarcoating people in death, like yeah. only saying the good things. Like, no, if they were an a-hole, remember them as, remember them for who they were. If they were an a-hole, remember that they were an a-hole. Don't just remember, oh, he was such a good person. No, she wasn't. Rodrigo was not a great person. She, she, she may have been good in the end, <laughs> but she was evil and she could have put all of you down. 
I will say, I don't like that Hugh called her the most stubborn patient I've ever had because he literally had a patient that snapped his neck. (laughs) And you're going to call Giorgio the most stubborn patient you've ever had when literally you had a patient so stubborn to not take your orders that they snapped your freaking neck and they're not the most stubborn patient? I was like, I'm done. I forgot about that part. I was thinking you were going to talk to the most stubborn patient with Paul. Because, no, because his most stubborn patient literally snapped his neck because he was stubborn. Very good point. Yes. Like, no, Giorgio was not your most stubborn patient. Was she your most dangerous patient? That I could have believed because while Ash did kill you, he didn't, Ash didn't mean to. It was Volk who wanted to kill you. But Giorgio, if she killed you, you knew it was because she wanted you dead. So, but like, she was not your most stubborn patient because your most stubborn patient killed you because they, they refused to listen to you because they were that stubborn that they killed you. Right. Okay, up. Paul, I mean, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was nice to see the different, um, how everyone else viewed her on the, um, on the ship. Um, nice to hear Saru say some nice words. Their whole relationship has really come 180. And seeing, I'll give you, I'll throw you another bone. Seeing their relationship from the Terran universe, that was that didn't happen because none of that was real. It was nice to see that like he started to care a little bit about her as well, even though she would have eaten him if she had the chance. Right. And I I think that she left with honor they didn't see her i don't know develop dementia and die yeah so i think it's it was a graceful exit for her um because she would have committed suicide before that or something i don't think she would have that would have just been an awful way for for taryn giorgio to to die I don't think she would have committed suicide. I think she would have tried to kill someone and have, well, I'll say this. It would have been like suicide by um, uh, assistant suicide. She would basically attack someone to the point where the only way that they could stop her was to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of suicide mission. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then we also learn about that Vance is both um, wary of Saru going to the Nebula universe because, uh, not universe, the Nebula, the Nebula uh, spot where that um, message is coming from because he hasn't seen another Kelpian. And I think that Van- Vance to me is probably one of the best admirals that we've seen in Star Trek because he, and I think it's because he has no personal connection to any of these people he's able to keep such a um, neutral stance when it comes to decisions. And I like that he calls out Discovery for their like expected favoritism that the other Discovery got because at first they were the, they were the, the vessel that was gonna end the war. They were the vessel that came back from the mirror universe. They were the vessel that was like, they were always that vessel. Um, in their time and now they're still that vessel because they can help against the emerald chain but vance is like but i'll replace you i'll take all of you out and just keep paul 
think I won't. Like, so. <laughs> right, right. In just the previous episode, Vance also directed Saru to go to this planet to save Giorgio. And, and originally, Saru was like, oh, we have to, the, the many outweigh the one. He yeah. didn't want to go on that mission at all. <laughs> and uh, so this could have ended in a much different way. So it's interesting to see Vance um, kind of manage Saru and guide Saru through leadership decisions. Put him in a check also. In the, in yeah, a but he puts him in a check in such a respectful manner that it doesn't seem condescending. Yes. Yeah. Vance had that charisma good. too. Yeah. Michael, go to charisma school. Because I'll say this, Saru doesn't really have charisma either. He doesn't really have, he's, he's too matter of fact. But when he comes across, he comes across, they have him, they have him come across as confident-ish ever since he got, ever since he lost his ganglia, he's comes across as more confident-ish, but he still doesn't have the charisma that we've seen other captains have. He just has the respect of his crew, but he doesn't really have that charisma to make people truly follow him more of, hey, we're going to follow because we have the same goal. And it's similar to Michael, except he has more tact to know when to speak and when not to speak. Right. And Michael doesn't have that yet, but neither of them have charisma, in my opinion. Right. Right. Saru's much more diplomatic. Yeah. Uh, and I think that he's able to make just some, some decisions for the team that's much better than than Michael. Michael just jump sometimes <laughs> without, uh, without talking to other folks and thinking things through. Yeah, but it was interesting though, because right before Giorgio went through the portal, she stated a few things about Michael and leadership and that she should consider being a captain and she respected Saru, but it was seeming like, like she was kind of urging Michael to pursue a more leadership role and to be more confident and um, like just trying to be another, I don't know, maternal guy for Michael one, one last time before stepping through that portal. What do you think I, about that scene? I didn't agree with it. I don't think Michael's ready to be captain. Yeah. My, I, I don't think she is ready anywhere near ready enough to be captain because this entire season she has shown that she is quick to make decisions that she wants not necessarily what's good for her ship and then like she has put people in positions of um of basically either having to lie for her or reprimand her for the actions that she takes and like for you to knowingly put people in risk or put them into a position where they have to either stay loyal to you and not report you and not reporting you would be breaking the rules. I just still this season, I've seen her be a lot more reckless than I think we've seen her in previous episodes and I'm sorry, previous seasons. And this season is all more personal that she's like reckless. And she, again, like I said, she doesn't, they don't have her, they don't, they didn't write her to have tact of to know when to talk to people. She's very still flip flop floppy when it came to the tribunal she rushed into it without making a decision of thinking, okay, if I do the trial, do you guys still do the tribunal? Okay. 
what was to say you couldn't stop, gather your evidence and then convene the tribunal? Why did you have to do it that moment when you were unprepared and you didn't know anything that was going on? She still acts first and doesn't think it through. And I don't think she's ready for a captaincy because if she, I still haven't seen her learn anything. She, cause like every time she has a, a chance to not do something personal, she still does the personal thing. Yeah, that scene of Giorgio right before walking through that portal reminded me of the very first episode of Discovery when Michael and Giorgio went on this walkabout in like this desert area to help mm-hmm. an area, to help a village uh, like get access get water. to water right? yeah. through a well. And so during that time, um, Giorgio was trying to also remind Michael to trust her because Michael was worried about leaving and Giorgio's like, no, I have a plan. We're going to work on a signal. And they were tracing their steps to make uh, to make, make the, the ship outline. Right. To, to make the Starfleet badge outline um, in the sand. And Michael had doubt. But during that converse, during that walkabout, they were talking about leadership and being a captain and so forth like that. So I just found it and maybe the writers did this by accident I don't know but it was like it was a similar type of thing like okay we're still trying to help guide Michael into this leadership role all this time has passed but she's she's still not there yet but uh both Giorgio's had um we're thinking that this that there's a lot of opportunity for Michael there's a lot of growth available for her. she can get there she just needs more guidance yeah, she can definitely get there. She can definitely get there. Um, I think it happening this season is wrong because once she's coming off of a year of being out of Starfleet, a year of not following the rules, we've already seen that in the past, she's never really had to deal with consequences to her actions. Um, and even this season, Vance was like, the, one of the reasons she wasn't thrown in the brig was because her actions saved lives. But like, it's, she, I still haven't seen that she's really grown to understand your way is not the end way, not the goal. It's not, it was not the be all. Like just because you like it a certain way doesn't mean, or just because you want something to happen a certain way doesn't mean your way is the only way that works. Because then she's so quick to try and turn everyone to her side. And then by the end of the episode, they have her basically changing her mind and it has to change everyone else's mind back to what, what they originally thought in the first place. So it's just like they keep making her contradict herself constantly that I don't think she's ready to be a captain because you can't be a captain and keep contradicting yourself on orders. You can't be a captain and disobey orders because you want to go do something else because your boyfriend is in danger. Like you can't, you can't do that. And they just haven't shown her to be that person yet. Yes. Good point. I still think she needs something to humble her. She needs a loss and she needs to be broken and i hate to say it but she needs to be broken yeah yeah Whew, a lot going on i did like though in this episode the tarian uniforms i thought you love those uniforms i you, think that they're see, i say i'm dead inside but you like the evil people's uniforms <laughs> they're very hard. they're ornate the crown the like the cape oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> no but the wigs the wigs are not so good Giorgio's wigs were obvious um but 
I really like them. I could tell that you're you're not as much of a fan. But... <laughs> and I, I will not like wear them. the uniform of our oppressors. <laughs> um, I also thought that the opera scene from this is kind of going back a little bit to part one kind of foreshadowed this uh, second part uh, because that's actually how like that ending fight scene between Giorgio and Michael um, kind of like transpired. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, um, few other thoughts about this episode. I thought that this was similar to like a finale. I got like a season finale kind of vibe, but without truly understanding the rest of the burn. Yeah. So it like closed part of this chapter because they started a few episodes ago talking about George Joe's condition. So um, I don't know, I feel like I have closure there. So they shouldn't bring this back up again. And it's, we didn't have to wait the full season to find out about that <laughs> about that whole thing <laughs> any other final thoughts from you your perspective the burn better be the reason behind the burn better be worth it it better be worth it and i i i, I want this to be the last season of season long arcs i don't care anymore I just, I, I don't want to have to wait 12 episodes to get an answer and nine times out of 10, the answer isn't worth it or it's good, but it didn't need to be this long of a drawn out scenario. So I, I need them to tell me the answer to the burn and it better be worth it. And it better not be, oh, it was an accident. I, no, no, this better be an intentional act that was done by someone. And it needs to be a huge conspiracy because if I find out it was an accident because someone flipped a switch they weren't supposed to. I'm going to lose my mind because I'm like, this was not worth a season of Starfleet cannot heal. No, they have moved on. You haven't because you just learned about it. So, because what, like, what is honestly, what is finding out what caused the burn going to do? Just help Michael get closure. <laughs> maybe try to prevent it again i don't know i just know our next that's the only reason that is literally <laughs> that reason is to stop it from happening again right. but she's like starfleet can't move on they're stuck how do you know you make these assumptions about this entire group because you can't move on right the burn better be worth it yeah it better but be worth it but we have another clue with the kelpians and i think that, that will be our next step it better be a freaking conspiracy that was held on by like generations because I just <laughs> they have drawn this out. I need an answer and it better be good. <laughs> okay, folks, you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> but that is all the time that we have today. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, let us know in the comments if you think I'm dead inside. We all know the answer to that is yes, but just go ahead and let us know in the comments if you think I'm still dead inside and if Monika is the hope of the show. <laughs> but as always, I'm Andrea. And I'm Monika. Live long and prosper. Hey. 
Hey guys, it's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the most recent episode of our podcast, Trekking and Beyond. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up with the latest episodes. If you enjoyed listening to us, please go ahead and support us by clicking that support button in the episode's description. We greatly appreciate it. As always, live long and prosper.